Good morning. Good morning to those of you here with us and those of you joining us online. It's good to be with you. My name is Angela Reese. I'm one of the pastors here. And about two weeks ago, the air conditioning unit in my house stopped working. Uh, I know, right? Uh, We learned that our fuse box was struck by lightning. It's outside, struck by lightning, and it took down our whole HVAC unit. And the timing was perfect. Okay, it was perfect. It was right when the heat wave hit the Nashville area, you know, and temperatures here reached over 100 degrees. Now, I live in a very old home. It was built in 1900, so it's over 120 years old. And it still has the original windows, okay? Um, Which some people think is really cool because they come in and see the character and the charm and the waviness and the glass and they think it's really pretty. And it is really pretty, but they're also very delicate. Um, So they're currently all painted shut and waiting to be replaced. So with no AC, And no breeze, not that there was much of a breeze then anyway. Um, Our house was really hot. Um, And I know that some of you uh, don't have AC, right? I grew up without AC, so I know what that is like. Uh, So I'm about, I'm just, I want to apologize for what I'm about to say, okay? Because I loved it. I loved it. My husband started to liquefy before my eyes, you know? (laughs) But I have often said that heat is my love language uh, because I love to be warm, and the hotter, the better. Um, And when I say that, people look at me like I'm crazy, you know? And I do, I wear like sweatshirts in 95 degree weather, so it's okay, I'm used to those looks. But I was reading a book recently called Delighting in the Trinity by Michael Reeves. And something he said made me smile and affirm to me deep in my spirit my love of warmth and summer. First, he quoted William Tyndale, who said, Where the Spirit is, there it is always summer. For there, there is always good fruit. Where the Spirit is, there it is always summer. For there, there is always good fruit. And we're going to circle back to that quote later on, but I want to share with you what the author went on to say. He said, The warmth of the Spirit's summer is important. For just as the Spirit makes us warm with life by turning our hearts and their desires to Jesus, so He continues to warm us. The new life the Spirit gives is a life of warmth, for it is His own life of delighting in the Father and the Son, and He rears, He lifts, and raises us up precisely by warming our hearts to them, by warming our hearts to the Father and the Son. So the first takeaway for me here is I'm going to keep on loving my heat. I'm going to keep on basking in the heat because I feel like it is a good and right thing to do. And two, what the author has painted for us here is a beautiful picture of the identity and work of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to explore this picture today and all the warmth he's talking about as we continue our series on the Apostles' Creed and focus our attention on the line that says, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I think a really good place to start is by recognizing that when we state our belief and we say the Apostles' Creed together, 
We join believers throughout history in an understanding of God as a triune God, as three distinct persons in one. And we've declared throughout this series over the last few weeks that we do indeed believe in all three. We believe in God the Father, the maker of heaven and earth. We said we believe in Jesus Christ, the Son who was fully God and fully human. And today, we're declaring our belief in the Holy Spirit, who is the personal presence of the living God, but is indeed the third person of the Trinity with an expansive purpose, who has thoughts and a will and a life that delights in the Father. We believe that they can all simultaneously be active in the world. We get a small but powerful glimpse of them together when we, when we see Jesus baptized, right? Matthew tells us, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all present. But we believe that they are three in one God, eternally existing as a holy trinity of persons. And that can trip us up a little bit, right? Because like Mark said last week, when trying to explain Jesus as fully God and and fully human, we don't have a framework for that. Right? Our minds can't hold it. It can't comprehend how three people can exist in one person. And so to believe in the Trinity is to choose to live in the mystery of it. To be willing to set down our need for clarity and firm answers and just step into it with faith because that's all belief is. It's faith. And when we do that, it is in that place within the mystery of the Holy Trinity, that we get to experience the greatest measure and warmth of God's love. We get to be embraced in the love of God the Father, who is love. And we get to know the love of the Son, Jesus, who found joy in journeying to the cross for us. And we get to feel the steadfast love of the Holy Spirit as he journeys with us and sustains us through life. And when we surrender to all of that love, when we surrender to it, we also get to receive the overflow and grow in the love that they have for each other. There's just love abounds everywhere. But we need help entering into that mystery. And that's one of the main purposes of the Holy Spirit, to help us believe Belief itself is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's only something that we're able to do because of the presence and work of the Holy Spirit in the world and in our lives. Long before you knew God, long before you heard the name Jesus or declared him as your Savior, the Holy Spirit was with you, guiding you, protecting you, loving you, trying desperately to communicate the beauty and power and and love of Jesus and awaken your heart to new life in him. That's what we pray for, for every infant baptism we have up here, right? That the Holy Spirit would be at work in their lives. They're claimed as a child of God and that they would feel that power in their lives until they decided to follow Jesus for themselves, right? And Jesus knew 
that we would need that help. He knew it, which is one of the reasons he told the disciples he was leaving, why he said he, he needed to go away. He said to them, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus knew we needed help, but it can be hard to believe, right? Can it? I mean, even today, it can be hard to believe that anything or anyone is better for us than Jesus, that anything is better than being in the actual physical presence of Jesus, learning from him, walking with him, sharing a meal with him, serving alongside him in ministry. But clearly, Jesus had a deep understanding of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus was wise enough to know that having the Holy Spirit in us was more beneficial for us than us just getting to be physically close to Jesus, right? Who in human body was limited by time and space. And I think in this scripture, hey, we are able to see the humility of Jesus. Not that we didn't see it throughout all of his time on earth, right? We did. He was indeed humble, but he also had a power unlike any other human being, right? I mean, he could turn water into wine instantly. There's no other human that could do that, you know? But we see here in his relationship with the Holy Spirit a co-equal, co-equal, and still we see no desire for selfish glory from either of them, right? There's no tension over which of them is more powerful. There's no jealousy over which of them is is better suited for the job. And in my head, I started picturing them like tag team partners, you know? Like Jesus is like, okay, I'm about about to do my part. I'm about to journey to to the cross and defeat death. And then I'm gonna tag in the Holy Spirit because he's the one you want, right? He's the one you need to journey through life, preparing you, guiding you, teaching you the truth of God's word, correcting you when you turn away from God, praying for you, comforting you, healing you, reconciling you to one another, surprising you, celebrating you, never to be separated from you, never. It is good for you that I am going away, Jesus said. So what I'm seeing, and I hope you see it too, is this beautiful teamwork and discernment and warm love for each other being modeled for us within the Trinity. As they appreciate each other and work together for our betterment, for our salvation, because we are loved, right? Because you are loved. And I can't help but stand in awe of them yet again and see their unity as an example of what they desire for how God's people would live and move and exist and relate to one another in the world. I mean, can you see that? Or have I spent too much time in the heat? (laughs) Am I losing it? I think the answer to that might always be yes. Okay, so let's, let's talk about Pentecost. Pentecost is the day the promised Holy Spirit was poured out on the world and the church began. And that's not to say the Holy Spirit was not alive and active in the world before that day. 
We meet the Spirit of God at the very beginning of the Bible, right? Hovering over the waters before creation, right? We see the Holy Spirit at work through the whole Old Testament, giving gifts of leadership and wisdom, prophecy, and creativity to the people God selected for certain roles. The Holy Spirit has always existed in his goodness and power. But at Pentecost, we see what the prophet Joel told the people of God to expect, right? For the first time, because of the work of Jesus on the cross, the floodgates were opened and the fullness of the power of God like was released and burst forth onto all people, filling Every believer, right, every single follower of Jesus was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Everyone who heard and believed the gospel that day was saturated with the Spirit and became a temple for the Spirit of the living God. If you are a believer, the Holy Spirit lives within you. You are a temple of the Spirit of the living God. Here's how it happened. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The Spirit showed up in a mighty way, okay, in the form of of wind and fire and divine communication. Three things that the Jewish people would have been familiar with and and saw as the presence of God, right? But they they were encountering God's Spirit in a way that was more intimate and more powerful and more personal than, than they had ever experienced before, right? God's Spirit wasn't just among them. He was making a home in them. And I believe that this is still God's desire for his people today. I believe God wants to pour out his Holy Spirit onto you, to fill you with his power, to fill you and grow you in love, to give you a new life, to transform you, to heal you, to to seal you, to mark you with the promised Holy Spirit. My husband, he works in the book publishing industry. And one of the authors he works with, speaking at a a church in Nashville this morning, and invited my husband and son to to go hear him speak and worship with him. So that's where they were this morning. They they came in these doors right before I stepped on the stage, right? Because he said, if you miss your wife preaching, I'm going to have to do some some pastoral intervention, right? Some marriage intervention. So they're here. But so it's a big church. And he said to my husband, he said, hey, when you get here, make sure to text my assistant and she'll make sure you get front row seats, right? Because it's an honor to sit in the front row. And that's something they normally wouldn't get. But this author is their inside person that is making sure they have a place of honor and belonging, right? He's vouching for them and saying, hey, these guys are my guys and they're with me. And because they're with me, There are good things here for them, right? There's good things waiting for them. In the same way, the Holy Spirit is our inside person, right? The Bible tells us that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit at baptism with an identifying mark. And and that's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, see that person? They're with me. They are a child of God. And because they're with me, I have a place of belonging and honor for them. 
They belong where I belong. This is what happens when we give our life to Jesus. God gives us all these beautiful gifts in the Spirit. But let's, let's just be clear, okay? There's nobody to text to get a front row seat here, right? Not that we need to. We are more middle and back row people for sure, right? But the Holy Spirit provides a deep assurance to us that we belong, okay? That we belong to God and have a place of honor with him now and a promise of the great things to come for all who trust in him. But make no mistake, okay, the Holy Spirit wasn't poured out just for our benefit. The Spirit is not given to us just so that we can receive God's goodness and blessings for ourselves and then just hunker down in a safe place and protect our peace. Right? To just kind of be nestled by a cozy fire wrapped in the love of the Trinity and, and keep it to ourselves. Mm-mm. No, with Jesus, with Jesus, the in, the in, right, always, 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 always turns outward. The inward always turns outward, always. And Jesus spent three years not just teaching his disciples truth, but preparing them for a mission. He said to them, when the advocate comes, the advocate is is the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. They were, as we are, to join in the work of the Holy Spirit and the mission of Jesus to bring light and life to the world by sharing what we believe, by sharing our faith and the good news of Jesus, the stories of what Jesus has done for us. Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to always, right, to the very end of age. But before beginning this mission, Jesus told them to wait for the Holy Spirit because he knew the Spirit would give them what they needed to live out the mission. And this is where we go back to our opening quote, okay, where the Spirit is, there it is always summer. For there... There is always good fruit. That fruit is the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which in your heads you might say as patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the characteristics of the Spirit that will grow through us, right? From through us and out of us as we walk with the Spirit, as we engage the Spirit in Scripture and pay attention to the ways He is leading us and working in us to change our perspective and open our eyes to the kingdom of God, right? To open our eyes to know God's love and joy and peace in a way that that we can't help but want others to experience it too to be so filled with peace and patience and kindness that it radiates from our very bones and is what people feel when they are in our presence. 
to be so faithful and gentle and calm so that people can't help but want to know the God of which we speak, right? To know the love that, that we know. This is what it looks like to be on mission with the Holy Spirit as we live and move and exist together in this world. So if this is the kind of life we have chosen, this is the life you want to choose, right? We don't just, let's not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts. Let's live in the warm love of God and let's choose today to walk together as people of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is real and the Holy Spirit is with you right here right now, wherever people are worshiping with us online, the Holy Spirit is with them in their cars, in their homes, in their jobs, at the beach. Holy Spirit is with us. I just want to end our time together, you know, by by standing and, and saying the Apostles' Creed together, by stating what we believe, right? What we believe when we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. So will you stand with me? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, suffered into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. In just a moment, you're going to be invited forward to receive communion. And we believe that the Holy Spirit is at work within this meal, right? There is mystery that happens in this meal. We believe it is a a saving sacrament, that, that it is used as a way to draw people's hearts closer and closer to Jesus. And we believe that it is a sustaining sacrament. It strengthens us for this journey of life. And so you'll be invited to to come forward and receive that. Will you pray with me now as we prepare our hearts to receive? Holy Spirit, we are so grateful for your presence in our lives, for the way that you love us and are always with us. We need you. We desperately, desperately need you. So come, Holy Spirit, encourage our hearts, transform our hearts, Give us eyes to see what you are doing in this world. Give us the courage to take the steps that you are leading us to take. God, if we are struggling to understand truth, um, we pray that, that your Holy Spirit leads us to that truth, helps us understand that truth. This world is, there's just so many words out there, so many things to think about and that are rumbling around in our minds. And so we pray that the Holy Spirit can guide us to truth. Open us, Holy Spirit, to your saving and sustaining grace. 
And these gifts of of bread and juice, make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world, the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. Amen. If you are serving communion, I invite you to come forward now. And as our servers come forward and cleanse their hands, uh, I just want to let you know that you're invited to the table. You are invited to receive this, this um, bread and, and the juice. And, um, and in them, I pray that the Holy Spirit works in your heart and meets you where you need to be met. Amen. <laughs>